Hello, and welcome to the Totally Clinical podcast, brought to you by Techro. Totally Clinical is a deep dive into the freshest trends, big time challenges, and most excellent triumphs of clinical trials. I'm Hannah, your host. Join me as I chat with industry experts, trailblazers, thought leaders, and most importantly, the people benefiting from clinical research. So tune in, settle back, and don't touch that dial. It's time to get totally clinical. This week, I'm joined by Techro's Maria Milas. Maria is an expert in clinical research with years of experience working in clinical research associate positions for the likes of Icon and IQVIA. She's here on the podcast to give us a glimpse into the life of a CRA. Maria discusses how technology is reshaping the patient's CRA relationship, why she's happy to leave her hectic flying schedule behind post-pandemic, and her struggle remembering 180 pages of the protocol. Welcome, Maria. So could you start by talking the audience through your typical day? As a CRA, let's say that you have two main different types of activities, different days, I would say. So it really depends if you are going to have a monitoring visit, which means you're going on site, or nowadays, let's say, if it's a remote monitoring visit, but let's say you're going on site. And then a different type of day of of activity would be an office day. So let's go first to the office day, which I would say it's more boring and not so exciting. And then we go to a monitoring um, um, visit. So if if I am not um, on an on a monitoring visit, I would probably um, you know check on my emails, um, see if there's anything urgent. Probably I would get around three to five phone calls from our from my sites in the different trials I'm working on, asking for it you know, doubt, support, or um, uh, guidance, how to proceed with whatever um, um, activities they're doing today. I might also have a look at, at um, if I had any monitoring visits, I would be doing the reports, or if the reports have already been reviewed by the clinical trial manager, I might have to do a second um, review and then do some modifications or changes, or maybe extra information that is needed. So there's a lot of small activities that you have to do in order to keep control of of the status at the site of the clinical trial. And that would be more or less an office day for a CRA. And I imagine a typical day at a site would look very different. If I was going on, on to a site for a monitoring visit, I would probably start the day traveling. Maybe if, if I want to just go the same day, probably wake up at really early, maybe 3, 4 a.m., <laughs> catch a flight really early, go to wherever your site is, maybe an hour and a half flight. And then you, I would probably reach the site and then I will see who I want I need to meet. Maybe I am meeting the PI in that day or maybe I am meeting the study coordinator. So, um, uh, yeah, starting from there, I would um, need to find usually a place where to monitor. There's sites who have a specific room, let's say, for the, for the CRAs to do the monitoring visit. There are sites who don't, so usually you can be... Uh, working in the in the investigator's office or in any office that anywhere you can find a spot and put your laptop on a desk so that I, I would probably just spend my full day doing um, monitoring of the data, which means you would make sure that what's in the CRF in in the system 
is accurate with what we have of the in the medical history records. Um, so there's not only that, but that's I would say that's the main goal of a monitoring visit. Sounds like a long day. What about some of the other tasks? We have all the trainings of the site staff. You have review of the ISF. You would be also going to the pharmacy for a visit, short visit, probably one, two hours visit in that day and check on the stock of the, of the drug, whatever drug um, um, you're using in the trial. And again, you also have to make sure that the site staff at the pharmacy is also trained with the most current versions of the documents on the, in the clinical trial. And then probably I would meet back with the investigator or the study coordinator at the end of the day, and we would discuss findings or queries or if there's anything that needs to be done, further actions. And yeah, and then I would probably, if it's just a one-day monitoring visit, I would take a train or a flight back home. Or if it's a two days, I would just stay overnight and do the same thing tomorrow. So I imagine must have, much of that must have moved online now due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I would say that when I started, I must have had maybe 20% of my sites doing remote monitoring. And this has changed to, I would say, 80%. So that's a lot. It's, it's a huge increase, which for a CRA means less traveling. Most of us will be happy with that because we spend a lot on the road. Um, it, it means that we have more software to securely access the medical history. You need really secure and compliant software to do that, right? Which means that also series now prefer monitoring from the comfort of your home. Because all the data um, that needs to be monitored now is much more trackable. You can track if a patient has taken the drug today because some sites, some trials even use sensors that tell you in a confidential and anonymous way, of course, they tell you if the if the patient has taken the drug today or not, and you can follow up on that. So as, as being a CRA, if you can track almost everything happening at a site in your trial, it gives you a lot of more confidence of having control and, and also being able to spot risks or potential risks before they even happen. Do you have any examples? A patient was in site. Um, uh, this patient was going to have some lab samples that day, but for some reason, the, 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 the lab nurse was using the incorrect kit. So I was literally notified of that on my watch. So that, would, that was amazing. Like I, I could see that on the spot. I could go then into my laptop, go into the report, see what was missing, which kit was, was incorrectly um, used, and call the nurse and tell her, hey, this is what's missing. Please run the missing tests. So that for a CRA, having that accessibility to to data in real time is crazy. It just goes to show how fast things can change in the world of clinical research. Moving on from this, could you tell me about the biggest challenges you face in your role? One of the biggest challenge I have as a CRA is this feeling of responsibility, right? You are responsible of reviewing all the data in that clinical trial and you can't miss a thing, let's say. I mean, you all, you sometimes do miss something. We're all humans, right? But the idea is that you don't miss a thing. And at the same time, you, you, you can't know a protocol of maybe 180 pages by heart. So you're struggling between giving a response or a guidance at the time where the patient is still on site and they need the, the investigator needs a response now between 
that you're struggling between that and also going back to the protocol, which is in a paper document and trying to find the answer that you might not even know by heart. So that responsibility of giving guidance when sometimes there's not nobody who you can go to because maybe your sponsor is in a different time zone or maybe your trial manager is not available, it's in a call or, or you need to take that decision or this specific assessment or whatever needs to be taken, the decision will not be taken, right? At, at the moment when it needs to be taken. So there's a, a, a feeling of responsibility, a huge feeling um, when you are a CRA. As a CRA, there's probably a lot of stress as a, as a, as a challenge. So it's, it's this feeling that you have that in any instant, at any point during the day, you can get a phone call from somebody on one of your sites and boom, there's a terrible issue that you need to solve or an urgent doubt that needs a response. And it has to be done now, but like really right now. So as a, as a CRA, I, I think you're always, you always need to be like ready, you know, in a ready for a sprint position. In terms of the pandemic, you've touched already on how your role has changed. Mm-hmm. Could you expand on that a little? Let's say that before the pandemic, um, a CRA would more or less know what the day-to-day would be. You would know more or less what the timelines or the deadlines for your study for the trial are going to be. There were not many delays, I would say. There were not many um, unexpected things that would happen. But with the pandemic, as, as, as you can imagine, there's been a lot of delays in both recruitment, also in, in patient visits, right? So because of the pandemic, many visits had been not only delayed, but also canceled. So that means that your activities as a CRA also get like on hold. So I would say that now as a CRA, there's a lot more uncertainty. Although on the same page, I would say that there's more um, software and there's more technology that has been implemented, try, trying to um, compensate this need of, of having more control over the study, which helps you as a CRA, of course. But there is still that feeling of something can happen at any point, and we need to adapt both the protocol, both the uh, procedures of the trial, and you as a CRA, you have to adapt as well. Could you explain a bit more about this, how you adapt? Instead of going to a site, where you're going to do a remote monitoring visit. Maybe instead of doing a frequency of 8 to 12 weeks, you're going to do a monitoring visit every four weeks, trying to compensate that potential risk of not knowing what's, what's happening at the site. And same happens for the investigators. There's windows in the protocols for the patient visits, right? So let's say that you are supposed to have a patient coming in next week and you have a three days window so there's a lot of uncertainty because you don't even know if the site if the patient is going to be able to make it to the site i would say this has changed a lot in the cra role you need to be a lot more um, adapting to the new circumstances and and of course to learn new vendors new technologies new um, supports new infrastructure that nowadays we have and we didn't used to have There's been a lot of talk about the inevitability of decentralized trials. What Mm -hmm. do you think about this and how do you see your role changing in the future? I definitely think it's a matter of perspectives. You know, there's this word um, constantly um, um, in clinical trials that we hear it every day, which which is patient centricity. 
So definitely patient centricity should be at the forefront of our minds and moving clinical trial activities to a maybe more local and or, or more digital um, setting could be more attractive for, pa for patients. I remember an article saying that 70% of the patients in a clinical trials actually live more than two hours away from a research site. So there's this inconvenience of traveling to the sites that is taken away with decentralized um, trials, or at least the frequency. They don't have to go every single visit to the site. And do you think we'll see more efficient trials if we move towards decentralized hybrid models? I believe that there will definitely be an increase in efficiency of a trial with decentralized trials. I mean, we can see that it accelerates patient recruitment. It increases also participant diversity because you can reach a broader, um, let's say, sample of patients. But there also will be some challenges. And I can think of if a child visit is run over the phone, how, how you can ensure patient's identity or how can you ensure whoever else is on the phone at that moment. Having more technology means that there is a higher volume of data that needs to be managed and processed, but at some point, technology may could fail and, and you could lose uh, patient data, which is crucial. We have to adapt. It's evident that technology has played a major role in improving your work life as a CRA. So moving to work for a technology company like Tecro seems like a natural move. To finish, could you give the audience some insight into how Tecro streamlines communication and makes the clinical trial process more efficient? Mm, that's a good question. Let's say that until now, or, or still now, the usual communication flow would be sites go to CRA, CRA goes to sponsor, sponsor goes back to CRA, and CRA goes back to sites. So that will be like the, the, the standard flow, which means inwards. If an investigator has a doubt, has a question, or a study coordinator wants to check something, they will probably contact you, the local CRA, Sometimes even because you are in their time zone or you speak their language or they have your phone number. And then you as a CRA, if you don't have that answer, you would probably go to the sponsor directly who has the medical advisor. They would get back to you with a response probably the following day because usually if you are based in Europe and your sponsor is based in the US, you know, you have this time zone difference. And then following day, as a CRA, you can go back to your investigators and give them the response. With TechRo, what we've seen is that an investigator, instead of going to CRA and waiting maybe for an email to be responded, maybe for um, somebody to pick up the phone, or maybe just waiting for the CRA to go to a medical expert and, and then have a response and come back the following day. Now with TechRo sites can actually just on their phone, open the chat, open the a direct communication channel, let's say, with medical experts, and just put their question. And in a matter of minutes, they have the response to their question. Now, these experts, of course, the CRA can be one of the experts that are delegated, that are, that are in this chat group. But there could be also maybe some medical advisors from different time zones, or, or some other CRAs from different time zones, or study managers. So. What we see is that with TechRow, the investigators, the sites don't depend on one single person to get a response and they don't have to wait, which means the activity at site and as well as the enrollment, but the activity is much faster. It's more efficient and 
they actually get what they need while the patient is still on site without needs of delays or reaching any contact that you possibly could get. So do you have any specific examples of how TechCrow has helped site staff? I was on a monitoring visit in, in one of the big hospitals in, in Zaragoza here in Spain. So I was monitoring from the PI's office. Um, of course, I struggled with finding a spot where to put my laptop, honestly, because imagine her desk, there were around 15 or more paper protocols scattered all over the desk. So, you know, I met with her, we, we discussed how the day is going to be run. So she goes and she sees a patient. Meanwhile, I'm doing monitoring visit. But after just some minutes, she comes back in a hurry. And she starts looking for a specific protocol of the study that she was pre performing the visit at that moment. But she couldn't find it. And of course, she couldn't find it because there were so many uh, booklets, you know, the paper protocols on, on her desk. So the issue was she had this doubt. Her CRA didn't pick the phone. Her sponsor was in the US. I couldn't help, of course, because I was a CRA, but in a different study. I didn't have the response of, of her study, right? So. The obvious question was, hey, do you have TechPro on your phone? So you know when you can see on someone's face when they go from instant in, intense stress to complete relief. <laughs> so that were hers. That was that were her face when when she realized that she had tech room. She That's could great. Yeah, that was that was that was really it was really nice to see how she had a tool um th that she could use to get a response right there when they when the patient was still there and she came from complete stress of what to do not knowing who to reach to a another example i can think of is so i was I, again i was traveling to to vigo vigo is a, a a small smaller city in the north of spain you know that the phone connection was not very good there so um i was i was i knew where i had to meet with the study coordinator um, so I was at the meeting point. The study coordinator was not showing up. 20 minutes went by. The PI was not um, answering the phone. So I knew I had to reach her backup. But because I was not expecting that, I did not have her backup's contact. So, okay, I had to look for a cafe where I had a little bit of better internet connection, log into my laptop, log into SharePoint, get her phone number, then try to contact her, um, talk to her and go back to the site to the meeting point. So that meant a delay of maybe an hour. I didn't have TACRO at that moment, but if I had it, it would have literally been just a matter of logging into TACRO and looking at the site's contact cards. And my, my let's say that my problem would have been solved instead of 40 minutes in, in two minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Maria, for giving us a glimpse into your important role as a CRA and how it's changed in such a short period of time. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in today. And that's your dose of Totally Clinical. For all the listeners out there, you can follow Tecra on Twitter. The handle is at Tecra Official, LinkedIn and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, download the Totally Clinical podcast on Apple, Spotify and Google. See you on your next visit and remember to bring your friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.